attached to his wrist the tape he has a briefcase attached to his wrist the tape recording inside has to reach hartford in 22 hours what's on it you know anything about nuclear fusion all right it's a survival of the human race pliskin something you don't give a shit about there are very few filmmakers who have had a career like john carpenter he has been called both the master of horror and the prince of darkness he grew up enthralled by both westerns and low-budget 50s horror movies. In 1970, as a film student, Carpenter co-wrote and directed a film called Dark Star with Dan O'Bannon, who would go on to use many of the same ideas when he wrote Alien a decade later. In 1978, John Carpenter found huge commercial success with the movie Halloween, which he co-wrote and produced with his partner, Deborah Hill, for $300,000. He also did the iconic Halloween theme, which has been used in every single Halloween sequel. Oh! Oh! <laughs> it's my jam, Following the huge success of Halloween, John Carpenter made The Fog, which was also a pretty big success. After The Fog, John Carpenter went back to an old script he had written in film school but couldn't get made. This one wasn't exactly horror, but science fiction nonetheless. Okay. That script was called Escape from New York, and it was a dark, post-Watergate leftist take on a movie like Death Wish. I see the money, man. You'll have to take it. The studio wanted to use it as a vehicle for Tommy Lee Jones, who passed on it, which meant John and Deborah got to offer the role to Kurt Russell, who they originally wanted to work with again. Kurt Russell was close friends with John Carpenter, and they go on to make The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China together in the following years, which helped catalyze Kurt Russell's star status. Although it was called Escape from New York, most of the film is actually shot in St. Louis. 
St. Louis had a fire in 1976, which burned down blocks of buildings, making it a perfect spot for a post-apocalyptic type insular world. John Carpenter had been inspired to write the original screenplay for Escape from New York after Nixon resigned and the presidency was in disgrace. It's also a very 1970s, 1980s film because that's when the crime rate in New York City was at its worst. Carpenter imagined a version of America where crime had gotten so out of control that New York City had been turned into an Arkham Asylum type prison. The president is played by John Carpenter's friend and Halloween star Donald Pleasance. He is kidnapped by an anti-imperialist communist liberation group. Tell this to the workers when they ask where your leader went. We, the soldiers of the National Liberation Front of America. But escapes, landing in New York City and getting kidnapped by the island's inmates. Enter Snake Plitskin. Call me Snake. An ex-special forces operator turned criminal mastermind who was hired by New York's head of security to rescue the president in exchange for a pardon. He has 24 hours to save the president. Oops, scratch that. Now it's 22. Or a capsule will melt and explode inside of him, bursting his arteries and killing him. 22 hours, 59 minutes, 57 seconds. We talked about 24. In 22 hours, the Hartford summit meeting will be over. <laughs> China and the Soviet Union will go back home. One of the most iconic scenes involves Snake landing on the World Trade Center, never forget it. Time to get paid, blow up like the World Trade. To enter into New York City. The whole city is filled with seedy character actors like The Brain, played by Harry Dean Stanton, Cabby, played by Ernest Borgnine, and Isaac Hayes as the Duke of the city. What did I teach you? <laughs> you are Duke of New York, you're a hey, number one. New York City functions much like Arkham Asylum as a self-contained community, a tiny apocalyptic hellscape inside the greater hellscape of Reagan's America. John Carpenter has called Donald Pleasant's president character the illegitimate son of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. He has no will or spine of his own. A lot of people died in the process. I just wondered how you felt about it. Well, I, <clears throat> I want to thank them. Uh, this nation appreciates their sacrifice. Carpenter and screenwriter Nick Castle, who played Mike Myers in the original Halloween, <laughs> devised the most blundering incompetent president possible to satirize the office of the presidency. On the other side, Snake Plitzker is a brave but brutal anti-hero. What makes a good soldier makes a good criminal, and what makes a good criminal makes a good anti-hero. You gonna kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. <laughs> Maybe later. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Tony Ash, bassist for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, and formerly the guitarist for the punk band Coliseum. I, of course, am your host, Forrest Miller, wandering Ronin of the podcast panel, and samurai of the clip-cutting school. Without further ado, let's get started. 
the, the I'm too tired. I'll kill like the, the kill you later. I forgot that's one of my favorite lines in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also, I don't know. he's he's had a long day. He's a long day. It's just yeah. a long day. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's not thinking about that. Like, the, you know, the x-ray like, that passed uh, out of him. And he's like, I don't know. It's exhausting. My, 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 blood, my blood lust is, uh, is done for now. But, you know, yeah. I might take a nap, though. And considering as a dude who just turned 45 relatable as well relatable <laughs> <laughs> tony welcome back you are the one that we call snake yes please please yes from here forward um uh yeah happy to be i'm be back um thanks for having me you should definitely come back more than once a year yeah yeah every time like like maybe occasionally when there's not well what was i here for last predator and yeah. it was in December of 2021. Oh, oh man. So yeah, I should come back more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a noted John Carpenter scholar, at least so I, I am. I mentioned. <laughs> so, Will there be a quiz? I mean, one given it as far as I'm concerned. I mean, <laughs> play live that, I, that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, New York's, this is great. This is a great film. Uh, I, I, kind of personally consider it like second tier carpenter which is still greater than like a lot of other movies uh but i like the part where he escaped from new york yeah exactly <laughs> i it's i mean the thing that's most hilarious though is the depiction of technology but look that's any movie around this time like the, yes. the, the, this has got to be one of the greatest concepts for an action adventure movie of all time right i mean it's just like i would agree it, with that it's like right there and you're like oh okay that sounds interesting i mean and you can question like the why is why is New York a prison? And like you get like all of these other things, but it's like it doesn't matter. Like this is this is just what's happening, and we're just going trapping. Yes, I mean yeah, it's, trap it's, it's kind of the same. It's a bigger concept of like Arkham Asylum and Batman, yeah. Where I mean, which is just like Rikers, pretty much. Where you know what I mean, like. Yeah. But Rikers you know, like, Island was an entire island. Uh, yeah, full of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, it's let's take Rikers and just make Rikers the entire city, and then. Uh, kind of let people run around and, and do whatever and like they can't escape from here which is the opposite of Rikers I guess because most people are there for short-term detention but it's you know it's it's turning Rikers into a, a life sentence island I guess but I mean the concept's kind of the, the concept of that right has always kind of fascinated me like the idea of like um like at some point you just give up and, and allow like criminals to you know create yeah. their own like self go do yeah. your own thing and of course like, you get little fife domes and like and like yeah. any despot and, and probably like libertarians sliding up the door trying to get in <laughs> <laughs> i could sell so much shit in here and i bet there's no age of consent too so it's you know it's libertarian paradise. well like considering that snake Liskin, i forgot wholesale walks past a full-on sexual assault and kind of like all right whatever yeah, my right. Like, Whoa, dude! Like, I don't. I did not remember that part at all. Of course, being a dude, I didn't didn't really register when I was a kid. But like, <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I that's one part I totally did forget. But although I think it's there's a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good characters in here. Like Ernest Borgnine's cabbie character is just fantastic. I mean, he's great. Because you're like, where's that guy's Disney Plus prestige spinoff show? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's his day like? I want to, I want to, I want to turn one like a show into that. Plus, uh, you know, fucking Danny DeVito and Taxi like running the fucking. Uh, <laughs> they could be, they could be like a teamed up pair. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like Abby, a buddy movie. What are you, yeah. you, 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 you gotta, you know, you, you gotta come back. All right, we got, we got so many orders, and he's like, I'm, I'm I've got Snake, uh, Snake Pritzkin in my cab right now. Like, I, I, I'm not, you know. Do, do you know what's showing on Broadway? I gotta see this musical theater. 
Load me up on Molotovs. We gotta get going. Yeah. <laughs> you better come back with whores. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so so Tony, when's the first time you saw this? Skip you know, it I don't feel like it was terribly long ago. I wanna say it was with like within the last ten years, maybe. So it was kind of a recent thing for me, but I just fell in love with it the first time I saw it. And God knows how many times I've watched it since. I mean, countless. It's always enjoyable. It's kind of like a comfort food movie for me. You know somebody, what I mean? Somebody, somebody in the chat was saying it was uh, uh, like a sick day. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. One of my one of my favorite sick day watches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a, I, This is quintessential sick day movie because you don't really have to think too hard about it. There isn't a lot of like front loading to be invested in it like yeah. it's 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 all right there and he it's, escaped it's kind from of, new york it's, yeah, it's right in the, there it's, in the title. <laughs> it's right there you know it's, you, it's you a, know what you're dream, getting in it's, for it's a dream come true for some of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's like hey what's this movie about oh it's very very inscrutable it's about a guy all right and they're escaping from new york oh okay it's yeah. not, the, the John Carpenter thing, though, is making movies that you don't have to think too hard about while you're watching, but also are very, very deeply thought about. Yes. Like, I, I mean, this is obviously not as deeply thought about as like they live or something like that. But like still, like, you know, when you actually see him talking about his ideas for this and like the Nixon presidency and, you know, stuff happening with Reagan and the rewrites they did with Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers, not Mike Myers. I, I, I slipped that out and then I had to put the, <laughs> the thing in there. But like. Um, that was for Andy because I don't find that funny at all. But Andy, thinks it's very funny, so. if I had said Michael Myers, I wouldn't have put that in there. But I wasn't going to re-record that part of it. I was too tired. <laughs> exactly. Well, see, after he comes at you with a butcher knife, you're going to know why. <laughs> you know, I I was like, uh, you know, maybe I'll do it later, and then I did. Although after watching that crap ass last movie, you can probably get his ass beat by Scrappy Doo. So anyway, but whatever. That's, that's here nor there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but because it's like, how did it get that way? Right. And so and what I like about uh, the fact that most people would just show like the apocalyptic hellscape or whatever, like it's strongly implied through uh, but not overtly stated that like, oh, yeah, this got this way because of like inherent like uber capitalist corruption. And what the time was already be identified as like a downward slide uh, towards such things. And of course, it got so much like staggeringly worse. But like it's it's interesting to me that like a lot of like post like we did apocalyptic movies um before last month and a lot of them tend to kind of be like adopt this like you know quasi libertarian sort of mindset and like that it's you know kind of coming from the place of like harsh individualism and stuff like that and here's a sort of like it's only a mirror to that and just being like look this is what you get and it's not pretty at all it's horrible actually and like and you want to escape from it, <laughs> just I mean, like in the in the title. I, ironically, I think uh, you know Deborah Hill, like who uh, produced it with John Carpenter. I mean, this is after they split up and everything. But um, yeah. you know, but like she apparently said that. Uh, well, I was watching this clip and she was talking about how she thinks the the moral of the movie kind of is that you can't legislate morality and that like it kind of is preserving like your libertarian rights is the phrase she used. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, but like a different like it's a different kind of legislate like it's it's a you know it's it's moral legislation versus kind of a uh, like an economic libertarianism or like a uh you know neo-feudal well remember so this movie like what, what year did this come in come out in this was uh um, i think 
the libertarian party as such really had only recently been established and was had not been considered to be like a and believe me i don't want to spend the whole time talking about gary johnson trust me no but like <laughs> but like it was still a new idea that that was a political movement and really he was, was gonna a turn movement. he was gonna turn aleppo into a uh into <laughs> to a bog man it's gonna be crazy yeah remember when kurt russell blew up aleppo anyway but uh but like i think the idea that it's been sort of hijacked by a certain political ethos where it used to be more broad ranging just how liberal used to be before it was decided to make into a cudgel uh, well civil civil libertarians are people that believe strongly in the bill of rights like free speech yeah like, you no know, the berkeley movement. lowercase right? l yeah, libertarians yeah. right yeah, yeah. So I think that's what she meant, but it was a funny, it's funny after thinking so much about apocalyptic movies and that kind of like um, neo-feudal libertarian yeah. idea with the, you know, the capital L, like libertarian party, like kind of corporatist, like, hey, there's no. Yeah, and every, every one of them thinks that they're Mad Max. And in reality, they'd be like one of like the cronies with like the weird spikes that's like in a gimp outfit. <laughs> you know, every one of them though thinks that they're the main character. It's like, yeah, I guarantee you. Or dead. They'd be dead. Yeah. Or more likely dead. Yeah. Or like yes. the annoying yeah. guy speaking that like, of, fights speaking it. Speaking of uh, the, the spikier character, this I, I I wanted to play uh, this clip. It's just uh, John Carpenter kind of going through some of the like minor, well, not minor, but like the character actors in this. And yes. uh, there's a lot of them. About them. Yeah. There's, yeah. And there's a lot of good ones. I mean, it's, he's taking New York and basically staffed it with uh, character actors. Like, that's the only. <laughs> Associate producer on the film, Peggy Brotman, had been a casting director, and she said, you know who hasn't been seen in a long time is Lee, Lee Van Cleef. And how cool was he back in the old days, and how cool was he in the spaghetti westerns? And so I met with him, and he was cool. I mean, he is, he is Lee. John Carpenter and I consider that we have a family of not only behind-the-scenes crew that we work with all the time, like Dean Cundy and Tommy Lee Wallace and... Tommy Causey, our sound man, but we also have an on-camera family as well, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis and Adrian Barbeau and Kurt Russell, and I think Donald Pleasance was really a another character who we loved. We always talked about uh, that that the president was uh, Ronald Reagan's illegitimate child with Margaret Thatcher to kind of give an excuse for the British accent. I thought uh, the president is supposed to kind of be a a corrupt idiot. Good evening. We just thought, here we are making fun of the presidency of the United States. Donald Pleasance has a great sense of humor. He's English. He's kind of comes off as sort of a buffoon. And so we had fun with the character. Yeah, that's it. I sent the script to Donald, and Donald would always test me. And I'd say, well, why should I make this film? Explain to me why I should do this. So I wrote this impassioned letter to him. Well, you know, I need you to play it because you will bring comedy to this role. You'll make this president something ridiculous is what I need. Mr. President? One of the things that we wanted to do on Escape from New York is we had an ensemble cast that was supported Snake Plissken. These, this bunch of people that we ran into in Manhattan and they were all, again, archetypes of the kinds of people that would be successful in a Manhattan that has become a prison and that's a dark, horrible place to live. And so, therefore, we have the role of cabbie, played by Ernest Borgnine. You're Snake Plissken, ain't you? We wanted this cabbie to sort of be the storyteller. I mean, that's what cabbie does. He connects the dots for people. He connects the people in the movie. Adrian Barbeau to play this really tough character, Maggie, and we wanted to put her in a relationship with a guy. I mean, if you were living in Manhattan, what do you need most of anything? You need oil. 
and gas. You need power. You need electricity. So we wanted to create this character of Brain, played by Harry Dean Stanton, and put him together with Maggie as a couple. Then, of course, the Duke of New York, Isaac Hayes. Um, he came in. He was just, he was really, really wonderful. Again, we wanted a bigger-than-life archetypal character to be cast in an ensemble support team for St. Pliskin. You touch me, he dies. Well, I had used Frank Doubleday before as a killer in Assault in Precinct 13, and he did a great job for me. He's just this kind of man who is a gun. He's just this, this remorseless killer. So I offered him the role, and he kind of made it his own. Put his, he got his hair to stick up in the air and, and uh, played it uh, uh, just insanely. He, he did a great job. That's his. That's his own characterization. Now, what is his own hair products? Though that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just he like, made it himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big anime energy, but pre-anime really being a thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Ernest Borgnine. Like, yeah, not in the way that, that no. anyone would emulate it. In that way. I, I feel like all of these character actors are trying to like kind of outdo each other, like with how. Yeah. Uh, outrageous so they were they were going they're like listen we're all people that have had like long established career of just kind of being the background guy like we get a you know pretty nice juicy role in this i'm gonna outdo fucking isaac hayes right now yeah yeah exactly <laughs> who i forgot like uh isaac hayes has had a, had a pretty good run of like being in cool stuff and he's, he's great yeah. as the duke of new york i mean he's you know he's a great heavy uh i also had some <laughs> somehow forgotten the single combat scene <laughs> where you see that snake does indeed have a snake tattoo on his belly which is like oh duh. it reminded me of a uh story that bernie wrightson told me once um where, where he was at a convention and uh there was this guy with this uh he saw like this really cool looking uh snake tattoo on his neck and he asked yeah. him about it and the guy rips his shirt off and there's the snake uh, tattoo just wrapped around his body going down into his pants and he's like, oh, it's really cool. The head's down here and it's about to bite my dick off. You want to see it? And he starts to <laughs> off his pants right there in the convention hall. <laughs> and Bernie's like, no, no, no. He's like, you're right. Let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's about to get you on a list and the wrong kind. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah but, but okay, having nothing to do with Andy's story. Um, I mean, there, 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 there are like some really great, act I mean, uh, Adrian Barbeau, who was like in everything around this time. She was pretty good big. Place. Yeah. Lee yeah, Van Cleef, which, yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's so good, and you just don't really see him, like, in a whole lot of stuff, so it's yeah. pretty cool to, it was, it was pretty cool to see him here. I mean, with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly being also one of my favorite movies, and then you put this on, it's like, there he is, yeah, and he's there awesome. He is. And he's not a cowboy. Right. <laughs> he's not wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, he has an that. earring, it's weird. Yeah. It's crazy uh, that uh, it's crazy that she was just married to um, John Carpenter though for this like small time period. You know what I mean? Like from yeah, like Halloween, to, Escape from New York, yeah. Fog. Like it's well, like no, they were so they met. They met doing the Fog. Got okay. married on set doing the like doing that movie, and then he left uh, Deborah Hill, which had to have been awkward because she was like in the Fog, and then awkward. she was in this. And then, like, so but then by 1984, they were divorced. It's like uh, everybody gets their, like, John Carpenter time period. And I feel like yeah. that goes for fucking yeah. marriages and uh, like, I, I'm scheduled to marry him later this year. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. He, he gets he a video game console all ready to go, right? Yes, because, uh, yes. He likes yeah. video games. He does. Send me an invite, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I so earlier on, I Tony asked you like when the first time you saw this. I was trying to remember because I was trying to remember when the first time I saw this was. It was a long time ago. But the thing that I remembered, so I remembered certain scenes really well. But the thing I remember the most was the soundtrack. Like a lot of things, Carpenter. Oh, it, oh, it has the best theme song of maybe my favorite Carpenter theme song. Honestly, it's just so good. I agree. Like, like I want that song to play as I walk around in in like, the world. <laughs> And, just have a guy with a boombox and, and, and like yeah. enter stores or go to the bank or whatever. I want that yeah. to play <laughs> constantly. I, I had a dream of like having a coat where I put car speakers in like the inside of the coat <laughs> and, and like just like walk around <laughs> and you just have this music coming from somewhere. And nobody I, will I feel where. like that's how John Carpenter walks around. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got a guy for that now we've talked about like 80s fantasy though and how like how much you could get away with kind of just throwing into a movie like how many ideas you get you know like yeah. very weird kind of um and and it's kind of funny that you know the dan o'bannon thing right like he started out his career with john carpenter it kind of feels similar to something like um you know they, they wrote the alien dead. then return of the living dead yeah I like, mean, like it, it feels like the same kind Dr. of Blade uh, thing where you can kind of create like these worlds that are like uh kind of outrageous and absurdist and they don't have to feel as realistic and it's like i mean you know later i'll play this clip it's like like grabbed it for andy but it's like a um they call it like a comic book world pretty much like and it is kind it's of true. yeah like yeah. it's because uh, because like it doesn't sit there and over explain things to you just plop right down into it like look yeah. president's in here you got to go get him 24 <laughs> hours you'll explode otherwise okay i, I mean that's the problem <laughs> with the uh, uh escape from la is that they actually do over explain the whole history yeah. from escape to new york it's like i don't I don't need to and know nobody that. Cares. No, nobody, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Like, but, like it's, it's, it's nice that you got Jamie Lee Curtis back. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Always, but like, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end up, I'll end up playing this when we're done having this part of this conversation. But um, because it's an interesting story. There, there was an opening, the first reel of this movie. Uh, John Carpenter threw out pretty much yes. because oh, really? it was yeah because it didn't throw you right into the world and you oh. had uh you had fucking Snake rob a bank and like you saw him get arrested robbing the bank and like it's, it's it interesting to watch and and apparently <laughs> everyone that, that watched it was everyone yeah. that watched it was just like hey we don't like we don't need all of this and so he just yeah. ended up throwing out the first reel that was a good move yeah, yes. we, yeah. that's I mean if you've ever seen it it really is it's kind of long and uh, you just watch Snake's friends die around him and it's just like. It doesn't paint him in a good light. Hi, my well, my I, name my name is Snake. They call me that because of this one time I was on a plane and there were snakes. Anyway, I'm gonna rob <laughs> this bank now. <laughs> Hope they well, don't send me to escape from New York. I mean, to New York. That would be where, bad. Where I may have to escape from. Uh, and then, so the nice thing about that being cut too is it's a tight like 99 minutes that we've been talking a lot recently, um, especially you know doing some longer movies like Until the End of the World. Like you know, movies these days are just overbloated. Like that's the Batman movie. I'm still watching it. You know, it's it's it's, it's too long. It's, it's 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 way too long. Uh, and I got super pissed off that I saw that I saw that was on like Letterbox like the year wrap thing, and it was like a bunch of people's favorite movie, and, and I was like, what? I should have rated it lower. No, but, yeah, I know. but uh what i was trying to say uh earlier on uh that i want to make sure i get in is that um i love that everyone just kind of knows who snake plissken is like oh oh shit yeah. snake plissken and and like you're just like what why does everyone just know like everyone just knows him like it's just like he's a guy that's like they all know who he is and it doesn't bother telling you why like and no, it's for he, different reasons but it's it's awesome he's the, just a badass you don't have yeah. to know why why wouldn't you know Snake Bliskin? Of course, he's obviously he wears an a eye patch. He's obviously a badass. <laughs> exactly. It's all. Speaking there, of man. which, I will fully fess up. Like before this episode started tonight, 
I was desperately hunting around the house looking for an eye patch. That would have been amazing. Just, I, had, I had that. I had that same thought, and then I completely <laughs> forgot. It, but I was thinking, like, how could I create an eye patch? I was like, it's going to look like shit. Yeah, I, I, I did not my find head one. For the entirety of the um, everything everywhere all at one stream. Yeah, that's easier. <laughs> that's a lot easier. Yeah, but yeah, like you just you, everyone knows, like, oh shit, Snick Bliskin. Like that's awesome. Like uh, you know, oh, oh well, I, and my assumption was that he's like the A list of uh, criminals, right? Like everyone's yeah. kind of heard of like, so he's like the the like the Bruce Willis of fucking criminals. We're like, oh, Snake Bliskin's here. Wow, that's that's awesome. He, yeah. he robs banks way better than I could have. That's why I was here first. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's the Mickey Mantle of criminal intent. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, like we all heard he was dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, watch it. Everyone's talking about him, I guess. I, I do wonder how they would have found that out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. like there's some guy that's just like, all right, death's in the criminal community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like a there's a newsboy, but he's like really? a criminal newsboy. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra. <laughs> extra, extra. Arrests, all arrests, only arrests. And, and then, and then he gets chased around by the other mutants that are. Just... <laughs> it's a very dangerous job. You thought the cabbie had it rough. You should check out the newsboy. <laughs> he's the newsboy was like an ex uh an ex pickpocket or something. So he's not even like the you know the yeah. top tier. No, he's no, like, he's not oh. top tier criminal at all. <laughs> Just all right, trying this to is spread it. the news around, sir. <laughs> don't, don't kill me. <laughs> One of the things that we wanted to do in the film in terms of snake. Pliskin's character is once he's captured by these you know, criminals in, in the prison of Manhattan, they put him through different tests. They want to test his courageousness. They want to test his will to live. They want to test how strong he is. And one of the ideas was to put him in a ring in Madison Square Garden with the biggest, baddest guy we could find. And so casting him, we wanted a real wrestler. We wanted somebody who's just the image of him would make people cringe. We wanted to get to cast somebody who looked giant, you know, so we cast a giant. Ox Baker is seven something feet tall, been a pro wrestler for years. I mean, it seemed obvious. <laughs> final sequence of the movie where they are running across the bridge and trying to escape, which is really supposed to be the George Washington Bridge uh, leading to New Jersey. And what we ended up doing was we found an abandoned bridge that was owned by the United States government. And for $1, we purchased it. And we were able to use this fancy of bridge uh, for our set. Adrian Barbeau's character, Maggie, was shot on the bridge, but we didn't actually see her die. And so when we edited the movie together, we realized that it was ambiguous to the audience. So we actually filmed her in her house where she lives now, getting shot in the driveway, a close-up of her lying in a pool of blood. And we inserted that shot into the original movie. Once I had it cut together, I had a little screening for some folks, some friends. <laughs> I showed them the movie. And they said they were kind of not responding to the film. And, they, and finally, at the end, I said, well, tell me what you thought. And they said, uh, you know, we weren't into We didn't know what the movie was going to be about for so long because of that opening. Because of the, uh, the opening sequence. So we had a... 10-minute sequence showing how Kurt Russell's character, Snake Bliskin, is arrested 
right before he comes to prison, showing him trying to pull off a bank robbery. So I just uh, threw away the first reel. By the way, George Washington Bridge, that's barely the Aaron Burr Bridge, if you ask me. hey <laughs> that is that is not does not look the same at all but you just sus, you suspend disbelief with this this kind of thing right so. also imagine uh you know fucking trying to escape to new jersey that's that <laughs> sounds like more of a nightmare than staying in new york <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the sequel uh also right. that, re- that wrestler dude is awesome uh and it's especially hilarious because yes. like when he gets got like he does like this kind of like kind of like thing when he gets the, they get the back no, the i just watched him in something else uh he did a jackie chan movie that came out uh, like a year or two before nice. this one nice. and, and uh he's basically playing the same character um it's called uh a lot of range what other character could you know what you're good at yeah, was well, he gonna do play Shakespeare? Yeah, it's a big fucking dude. Like, no. like yeah, yeah, and it's just that giant is a bunch of the midget. Dudes. We didn't see that each other. It's great. It's great. Oh, yeah, it's, gonna, yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna do Pride and Prejudice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like he's uh, he's, he's gonna it's him and it's him and Peter Dinklage in a movie, and Peter Dinklage is really tall and he's really short, and they're yeah, there they're you buddies. Go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need a script. It sells itself. <laughs> One's big, one's small. What else do you need to know? What else do you need to know? It's in there. I feel like that's how they sold uh, the fucking movie with um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Twins? and Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, I feel like get short, yeah, yeah, like, you got two big like stars. One's I, big, I, one's small. And they well, look and Arnold this. Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. He's big, he's small. What else and do you need to know? You <laughs> exactly. Hijinks definitely ensue. Sure. Like, we'll twins. Yeah, we'll, I could, it looks like I'm looking in a mirror. See, we're gonna call it twins, and it's funny because they don't look nothing alike. Because one's big and one's small. It's gonna and be great. And they both love banging whores. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But but and, and, size, and the housekeeper. Ones. <laughs> yes. and, and the housekeeper. Never forget. Uh, I, but... I love I love that Dave Devito is hundred percent like definitely loyal to his wife. Like oh, yeah. he is like he's like a cute little family and stuff. But then yeah. he goes in Eddie movie and he's like I'm banging whores. And you're like. <laughs> yeah. Like, I believe that. <laughs> I'm it's suspending great. disbelief for this movie. Dave DeVito is banging horse. The the wrestler dude is like perfectly cast for that scene. Yes. Which again, I had kind of forgotten that whole sequence. But yeah, they, they're because again, going back to the everyone knows who Snake Plissken is. Like, oh, we got to oh, let's test him. You know, like all right, and that's where you can say, oh, he's actually got a snake tattoo on his belly. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. But uh, also, then, uh, I like that their rationale is the same as like when we watch Time Bandits, and they're like, "Look, we got a bunch of little people," and in this, he's like, "We got ourselves <laughs> a giant." Like, I don't know, we found one. Like, got, what are we gonna do? Not use him? Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> we we put an ad out in the giant papers, and uh, someone someone got back to us. He's just over there in the back room reading the newspaper. We got to put him to work. <laughs> <laughs> doing giant stuff uh yeah but, but, like that whole scene is is uh is great i also forgot first of all i i always kind of forget that harry dean stanton was ever young <laughs> <laughs> like in a good way but like you watch like this and you watch like what alien and whatnot and you're like, oh yeah you were actually kind of young at one point he's still like i mean he has a face that kind of looks like he was permanently old like he was born that way you know yeah but, yeah harry dean stanton has seen some shit <laughs> you can tell it's all over his face yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love his uh, high school yearbook photo because you know he just looks like he does in this movie. Yeah, he probably looks he looks exactly like how he does in Escape from New York. Yeah, it's like whoa, he always looked exactly the same. It's like Wilford Brimley just was born old. Yes, it's born like you know, balding with a weird yeah, mustache. And and um, not to get off track, but in in the thing, I mean. He's only like in his forties, I think, in that movie. I don't. I don't think 
is he, is it even that much? I think, he's, I think he's in his late 30s. I mean, yeah, I think I, I, no, no, he was 35, he was like, right? I think it was in, uh, he was uh, 40 when he started acting, uh, which uh, was like he was doing stunt double work for um, John. Well, Lane. he's the new 70, so. Uh, and, and, uh, we, which is nuts that, you know, you're, you're in your forties and you're doing stunt double work for John Wayne, but, uh, you know, I, I, if I remember Wilford correctly, Brimley? Really? yeah, he was, he was John Wayne stunt double and, um, uh, was it true grit? <laughs> you got diabetes pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then he started doing a TV series like, uh, the Waltons, I think, or, or some shit like that. Uh, maybe I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I'm doing this all from memory. Um, That's a lot of useless information about Wolford Brimley, so I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, he was he was 49 when he made Cocoon. So there you go. Which is like, they had to like, you know. It's like, and Cocoon was like 88, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, 80, uh, 85. 85, okay. So let's see. Let's do the math here. When was, I can't remember what the thing was. That was a good episode. Was, I remember that. The thing was 82, maybe? 81? Yeah, uh, something like that. I think it was 82. Let's see. So so he would have been like 40. Like the, the show has come to a complete stop while we figured out <laughs> Wilford Brimley's age <laughs> in certain movies. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pay respect to the uh to the old goat. I do I do I do genuinely want to know though. Let's see. Yeah, no, no, Wilford Brimley's yeah, fascinating. Thing is 82. So in Fukun is 85, that means that means he was 46 in the thing. Yeah, wow. looks every bit of 70. <laughs> no, it's the, that's a hard 46, man. <laughs> well, I'm guessing he was 30 here. Yeah, is that there true? Is that even true grit? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great anyway so but, but yeah like uh i mean will brimley who does not appear in this film no, uh, is, no. is fantastic but uh, well, one I, more I just like... real quick uh wilford brimley fact he was a oh, cattle sure. rancher he was a cattle rancher the first like 20 years of his uh you know um, really? adult life yeah i can see that and, and that's kind of how he got so into right. movies is because they're just like hey you want to fall off this bridge but pretend to be john wayne <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> yes. Well, yes, yes I do. Like, is there a like, pill of this for me? Like, don't worry, we'll dub in the sound. Ah, uh, pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is this is the good use of ensemble, right? Like, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm I was busting chops about the bridge, looking not only nothing like George Washington Bridge, but lo looking nothing like a bridge that would actually be in New York. But sure, you got to suspend disbelief. I Presley got it for a dollar. That's actually pretty yeah. impressive. It's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> like, what was the hey. bridge too? Clearly, someplace nobody wanted to go. Hey, I've got a bridge I want to sell you. <laughs> yeah, yes. <exactly. laughs> Who's that? Oh, just some guy. This sounds yeah. too good to be true, but you know what? I'm going to take this offer. Oh my god, it is a bridge. We, we, we got a scene. <laughs> we got a scene to shoot. So let's let's take the ride. I also uh, like um and I and there's a clip for this too, but uh where they talk about this. Um the all the scenes pretty much are shot in uh St. Louis. Yeah. Um and there was like a massive fire, so like all of the, the damage that you see throughout the movie, like the they, they still yeah. you know made people go to work after this fire, but uh <laughs> they got to shoot in the actual like wreckage of it. Nobody wants to work anymore in the you know <laughs> city that looked like destroyed it takes place in new york city but new york was out of the question we couldn't shoot there we didn't have the money it's extremely difficult to to shut down all those streets we had to find a place that looked ruined so 
they found the perfect location, and that was uh, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis had recently had an urban fire, which uh, burnt down most of the waterfront area. And so you would have these huge blocks of, of burnt out buildings that just went on forever and ever and ever, as far as you could see, just... And so it was really a very sort of a post-apocalyptic look that we wanted for uh, the city of Manhattan. We had a great deal with the city. They let us shut down the street lights. They let us light. They let us set fires. They let us put a crash plane. I mean, we couldn't have gotten more cooperation. Every day we'd bring in the rubbish that would fill the streets and we would, you know, bring in these uh, these tall cans and we would light fires and we'd have smoke and all this kind of stuff. And every morning by 6 a.m. we had to clear the streets because this was a working community, a working city. And we got to use the famous, uh, it's been restored now, the famous Fox Theater in St. Louis. That's kind of a rock and roll theater. That's where rock and roll kind of began. Chuck Berry played so we got to use the exterior of that. It was a cool place. So we shot at night. It was extremely hot. I remember it was the hottest summer. Um, sometimes at night it was over 100 degrees, extremely humid and very buggy. I think we shot something like 56 days. And then we shot some back here in Los Angeles. And we have one shot in New York. The one shot that we shot in New York City is the opening shot of the movie, and it's a helicopter shot of the Statue of Liberty. And we come around the Statue of Liberty and come down to the doors, and the doors open up, and Tommy Atkins walks out. And um, he walks past a building, which is in black, and we take that black and we fade it with uh, the same building, same side of the building, here in Sepulveda Dam in L.A., and that's the opening reveal of the base. And so uh, it's the only shot we shot in Manhattan. But here's Levon Cleef just looking like a badass, of which he is. Yes. <laughs> I the, the first clip that I played uh, started with that because it was like the next part of that yeah. video. Yeah. So I <laughs> we read both sides of the, uh, you know, the, the, the badass bridge Th shot. That should be, uh, oh God, I, I should show rather than tell, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that should be another... Um, video clip that we pull to bust loose at our zanier moments which is of course almost <laughs> always uh like uh I'm, I'm obviously clearly stalling right now god we have a lot of these in here now i'm talking <laughs> about the david bowie one god damn it i can't find it though <laughs> yeah you know i just gotta say there we go this one yeah, this one this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just helped leave this van cleef yeah, Leave on Cleef just looking like a badass should be another one of those. Call me Snake. No. <laughs> Man, that was a long way to go for David, that. David, uh, David Bowie just kept feeling on <laughs> these uh, <laughs> socialism. There's a bunch of these. Uh, anyway, but like, uh, uh, oh, there's, yeah, there's that. This isn't an after party. I'm not going to get lost in this. I, 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 I think it's somebody said in, in the in the chat that uh, they knew it was in New York, but yeah, it, it is interesting that it's St. Louis because you wouldn't necessarily guess that. Um, I never knew that. Yeah, it's news to me. No, and what's also really neat is that the uh, the 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 miniature that they built to film uh, New York, you know, where mm -hmm. they're they're like lighting in, that's the same yeah. miniature used in uh, Blade Runner, because they like that so much. So mm -hmm. so um, nice. There you go. And, and the computer. So it's LA. I was going to make a terrible joke about the computer graphics used for the World Trade Center, and I'm going to choose not to do that. But you can guess where it was going to go. <laughs> I forgot. forgot. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag I forgot.
Too soon, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I picked the uh, I picked the time to get paid blow up like the World Trade because it's like the first bombing of the World Trade Center is close. Yeah, this is how my mind works. I'm I think I'm broken inside, but the first bombing of the World Trade Center is uh, like around the time this movie supposedly takes place, not when it came out, but like more yeah. than you know nine eleven. I actually went to the World Trade Center right around the time when this movie was supposed to have happened. And oh yeah. Uh, I yeah, brought some Australians with me uh, and uh, they, they searched my mom's back uh, purse whenever we were there. And um, they, uh, she had kept like this bag in there that was like, uh, 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 that's like made of like rope that you could put like other bags in. So you could kind of carry Crikey, me and my mates are just trying to have and, and a fun day around the, uh, the they old thought World my Trade mom Center. Stole, they thought my mom <laughs> stole like a net from a basketball hoop. Because <laughs> that's apparently a thing that people do is just drive around Brooklyn and stealing nets from basketball hoops. <laughs> to what end? Just to like make a rope to escape. Really? They, they know this is not a documentary, right? They're not actually trying to escape with ropes. It's, a, it's actually me, and I'm attempting to escape from New York, and I'm just <laughs> building this large like uh, net, and I'm going to yeah, you know, you're weaving throw it together. the net up there, and then I'm going to climb up like a fucking rope, and then the city's going to be trapped, and I'm going to be above it, and then I'm going to fall right. off of it into New Jersey, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have just stayed in New York. Checkmate, liberals. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah having nothing to do with literally any of that i, I love snake's entrance with the glider uh landing the oh, well, we put it the world trade center because it's it's high up no one's gonna see you like and, and it's and it's like but then it he almost eats it it's gotta like, put like the whatever the air brake on and stuff it's like the most insane way to think of getting in someone into a city but it's also like yeah probably no one would be looking up at the world trade center like as like a sentry post because osama bin laden was and he <laughs> he was the one that said hey snake's not dead <laughs> snake snake pritzker <laughs> no, he, he showed he showed his uh his terrorist like hey look you could do this and survive just like snake <laughs> but we don't have the budget to get you both ways okay there we go folks there we go <laughs> We well, go. the original plan was going to be that you know they were going to they were going to you know rock it out of there, but the, in, yeah. in the end they bought so much food and like snacks and stuff that they just ran out of money. So it was like, look, we don't have the money to buy you any kind of pot or anything, any kind of parachute. You just have to hit yeah, the building. It, it was very, it was very uh, libertarian about the jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's a cool way that he gets in. Uh, that's that's I don't think I've ever seen that repeated anywhere. Like you know, it's more like crime movie, a uh, crime movie, like a uh, like a bank heist or something, like uh, something along those lines. And you think of it like your normal adventure movie. So that's one of the reasons why it it for me categorizes not just as like you know, I mean, it's kind of overlaps a bunch of genres, right? But it's not just a straight action movie. It's it's adventure in a lot of ways, and uh, that's the one of the reasons why is because it's sort of like oh, how do you get in and out of like a prison city? Well, I don't know. Let's watch and, and find it's, out. It's, it's uh it's science fiction too, like uh yeah. you know just the technology of it and the you know I mean they don't really they don't utilize it that much and the, which is kind of funny like they're like oh here's a bunch of technology I'm gonna show it all to you and then they don't like for most of the movie you just kind of run around with it. He's got guys. what's basically a cell phone, but it's like you know got that antenna. It's like you like whack someone <laughs> on the head with it's like, like deeply hilarious. And then like yeah, he's got like a kind of. 70s equivalent of like an apple watch but it's really just the timer <laughs> and the entire point of of the rescue is is to get is to get a tape a cassette a, tape, a cassette yeah. tape. <laughs> well, which i mean cassette tapes are facing out 1997 come on yeah, yeah. 
You know, if it was a CD, they would have actually written on it and he'd be like, hey, this is the wrong one. This is the one that says, you know, Cavi CD. Oh, no, I've got the one that said Boner Jams. This is the wrong (laughs) CD. (laughs) Musical theater. What? But but I, I, yeah, I do like this. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. (laughs) Like, I guess. It's like. It's like Chekhov's tape, right? Because you see Cabby, like, you know, listening to his music and he's all like, you know, he gets, he gets all annoyed by it and like grabs the cassette. It's a, but it's, it, and you don't think too much of it in that scene of the fact, oh, he's all business. He's not, he's not looking to hear that right now. But then later on, it's like, oh, yeah. And then it's supposed to be like they discovered fusion or something and they're going to share it with the world or some kind of thing, right? That's what Donald Pleasance is, is trying to do. And that's yeah. like the big, the big, the big reveal but then yeah then well, they want to end they want to end the uh cold war which apparently is still going on at this point <laughs> by kind of giving them an offer because there's nobody like uh i guess reagan-esque enough at this point to uh to actually like be like let's just do more stuff and just keep this war going forever yeah so um you know they're just offering like a a peace offering to the Look, fucking... we'll give you we'll give you a fusion layoff <laughs> yeah. we'll give you some american blue jeans because apparently those still exist <laughs> Yeah, but but I I just think that that's it's great because the way that's introduced, like you don't think anything of it at the time of the fact that he's annoyed by like everything Cabby is and does, uh, which is in itself hilarious because Snake, of course, is not a hilarious character. He's very stoic. No. He's very, you know, like a classic action hero and the perfect time for Kurt Russell to be playing that too. Like, he's at like there's no one I can think of that I would like want more in this role at this time. Like, there's, there's no I, I mean, like better. Tommy Lee Jones would have been interesting. Tommy Lee Jones would have been interesting, but it would have been different. Yes. Yeah, especially the draw. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Russell is like a humanism to him, even when he's someone that doesn't care, where you're like, I feel like maybe there's a soft spot in there. I don't get that feeling from Tommy Lee Jones ever in any role, Yeah, even when he's supposed to. Even when it's like, oh, he's supposed to be like a nice guy and he really cares about people. It's like, no, he doesn't. Look I at don't him. believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy well, Jones. And, and I think that uh, that's why Big Trouble in Little China works. And we talked about too, that too, right? About Kurt Russell in that movie thinks that his his character, Jack, feels that he's the protagonist and he's actually the sidekick. And that's what makes that movie so freaking awesome. Of, of it's also, uh, it's really funny that Kurt Russell is kind of trying to um, channel Clint Eastwood in this movie, I guess, he said. Yeah. Like that, that's the, you know, and then in the fucking uh, Big Trouble Little China, he's just doing a John Wayne impression. He's just literally doing a John Wayne impression, which is so great. I mean, uh, classic for a number of reasons. But yeah, I mean, I think that- And uh, the thing, he works with John uh, Wayne stunt double. So it all all comes around. There you go. Turn it back to Wilford Brimley, everybody. Uh, (laughs) It all goes, all roads lead to Wilford Brimley. It's all connected, people. All roads lead to diabetes. If, you know, if, if if your sugar intake is too much, of course. You know. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Donald Pleasance, his his, uh, his president character? Can he just not do a an American accent? Like, is that the what? what Maybe the it's terrible. Is? Maybe he tries it, and they're like, "Yeah, that's fine. You can just be English." Because <laughs> it seems I, I don't think I've ever heard him do anything that wasn't just like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you? Can you think of anything? No. Maybe he's just sh- terrible at accents. We'll get our top researchers on that. But uh, <laughs> do, 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 I mean, I think, Tony, do you think I think that his character works for being sort of like the heel, right? Like being like the, the, the president, but also like like the asshole president that like, you know, is just almost like a willing puppet, like uh, like someone that's like being used for certain purposes, but just like like a Pete Buttigieg type or something where it's just like has no 
there's nothing there. Like, a, like a yeah, exactly. The, the uh, illegitimate child of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> 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 but, but I mean, do you do you agree, Tony? I mean, because you don't really need that that character to be anything other than the item that must be retrieved to a certain degree. But it, there is a certain kind of like, oh yeah, I could see wanting to sort of like give this guy the business and like you know maybe <laughs> low grade torture him. Sure, I could see it. Yeah, he he he's a very punchable president. <laughs> <laughs> you can I mean, I'm like you don't feel any like sorrow for like the predicament that he finds himself in at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just he is the reason why the movie exists. The point is to rescue him, yes, but you don't feel the sorrow for him as a human being. He's just he's a yeah. puppet. Look like you said very they might, as well call him, they might as well call him president mcguffin yeah i think the funniest i think the funniest part about it is that uh i i feel like donald trump would absolutely kill it in this world like donald trump uh, <laughs> uh, this version of new york he would be the duke yeah 100 <laughs> yes you, 100%, you'd, you'd like pull into that little fucking like uh you know the 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 area that they're like living in or whatever and he'd have the gun and be like i'm gonna shoot him bigly well, and, and and he would gladly take the role and not understand any of the nuance of what meaning that part is supposed to be a satire, and that that part is not necessarily just a cool guy doing cool guy stuff. He would not understand any part of that. I'm the Duke of New York. I mean, no one has ever been more of a Duke than me. <laughs> yeah, frankly, I'd I'd be okay if they actually pick Speaker of the House that way. It'd probably be uh, done quicker. Hey, everybody, keeping it topical. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is more like the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Donald Pleasant's president, like that's kind of his life. I was thinking he was more like the guy with the hair. It was just sort of like a, you know, just now that 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 guy reminds me Donald. more of like a, I don't know. He's like a wild card. He's like the Matt Gates of the situation or something. I don't know. <laughs> but with better hair uh, and a better forehead. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that there's a lot here that was emulated with oftentimes bigger budgets and maybe less vision <laughs> and less story even. But uh, it is interesting to think or about. Or sometimes more the, story. Or sometimes more story, sure. Uh, but 81, I mean, like, remember, like, what dominated the 80s? Action movies, right? And and this is, I, to me, I feel like this is one of the movies that kind of, like, helped define that. And also it was a cl classic era for, uh, you know, the adventure movie as well. And it does all those things. I mean, I call it the, the call me snake scene alone, right? Like that gets referenced yeah. so much. Like just yes. like Stallone spent the entire eighties trying to do that. <laughs> call me, call me snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because his speech is all messed up. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, it's, I think this is an incredibly influential film uh, in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. And it's, it's amazing how simple it is. It's, it's literally just, Go find the guy. Get him out of here. And if you don't, you'll blow up, which is really kind of like, all right. But because and there's that, you know, kind of negotiating with the uh, Van Cleef's character and uh, and Kurt Russell. And he's like, well, let's give it to me now. And he's like, you can't, you can't give it to you now. I like how the, the Van Cleef character is trying to not tell him, like doesn't think yeah. to tell him that there's something that it, that's in him that might explode. Like uh, until the, yeah, guy, just, the guy like just, nudges, he's nudges him and he's like, no, you got it. Like it doesn't even it doesn't even make any sense if you don't like if you don't tell him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to do that. The only reason to do that, and he's like, no, you got you have. He's like, all right, I guess uh, there's something in you. We just put you that you know. The yeah. 
Yeah, like it seems like it would lead with that, right? I mean, because it's the carrot and the stick. So the carrot's the uh, the pardon, full pardon for all crimes in America. He's very specific about that, which under, under legally understandable because he wouldn't have any ability to do anything otherwise. But then that gets you thinking, like, oh, is he inter internationally famous thief? Yeah, and he was. That's why they keep uh, they keep referencing the the Cold War stuff. Like he flew into Russia and did something for them. Like whatever it is is now like legendary. Like they they do bring yeah. that up a bunch of times. Um, but but I think it's, it's it's so that's the carrot, right? But then the stick is oh yeah. By the way, we planted a bomb in you. That apparently, can be deactivated with two powerful magnets. Okay, or X-rays. It was X-rays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Le Len Leningrad is the city that they keep. So like, I, I feel like what, right. what he's saying is that you know, he, since he's an international mercenary in the Cold War or whatever, like, oh well, we can't yeah. pardon any of those. What made you like a war hero to us? But like, we can pardon, you know your uh, bank robberies. <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up in John Carpenter's Hague if you end up going out of the country, but you'll be fine in this country. Yeah. <laughs> John, John Carpenter's The Hague. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like really just like a courtroom drama, but man, the soundtrack kills. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like, we sentence you to Death. Wow. <laughs> we sent you, you to a weekend in New York. Johnny, call us up. We got ideas for days. Let's go. <laughs> or just come on the show. Just just hang out with us. Put the video games down and come on this show. Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks in advance. Kisses. Uh score kills, by the way, getting back to the music. Like it's and um Yeah. That's not rare at all with John Carpenter. I feel like he's pretty consistent, but this one especially is a standout. This, I mean, this is up there with like the Halloween theme song, I think, as far as like uh, like one of his most instantly recognizable. Yeah, movies. and as far as like fitting the vibe of the movie that it was written for, I mean, I couldn't think of a more perfect, perfect. theme. Like yeah, there isn't yeah. one. You couldn't make one. Can you imagine if there were some like treacly strings or something going on in here? I'd be, I'd be like, no, come on, stop that. Cut no, <laughs> dark synth. Yeah, this is perfect. Absolutely. No notes. I think that uh, also we have a lot of um, sort of retro futurism. I mean, I've goofed on the computers because it's always funny to see people's ideas of what the future was going to look like with computers. And it's like, Oh no, there's still going to be a whole room of these <laughs> doing this stuff. <laughs> but you know, like it's, it's sometimes you'll see that and it'll be like, Oh, full stop. That takes me out of it. Sometimes like, whatever, that's fine. It doesn't matter. And this one doesn't matter at all. It's just like, Oh no, yeah. they got this, they got this big thing where they're like doing all of like the business of like running the country and attempting to run the world and whatnot. And this, th this machine redoes all of that. And you know, the, the, if you can take issue with anything, it's the it's the flight plan of like, well, okay, why are you fly, flying them over the prison city? <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll be honest with you, I never really thought about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it this last time. I was like, like they could have just gone around, right? Like, well, the plane was hijacked, though, right? That's true. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. That's but that, yeah. we don't we don't see when it was hijacked. But that's fine. We wouldn't want to because all that matters is playing as hijacked presidents kidnapped. Boom. Yeah. Simple, simple yeah. Yeah. Concept. All all of these all of these like little things that make this movie great is in Escape from L.A. 
like like you know they 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 delve into the whole yeah. like president's kid uh, daughter getting kidnapped yeah, in the sequel yeah, yeah. and like like all this extra story that just like uh, we, we didn't need any of that we just want to see him surfing down Rodeo Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. exactly. It's it's like the simpler is the best. And I think that that's well, it's so interesting because that's there's a lot of movies like that in the seventies, especially like like a movie like Serpico, right? Like that work that works simply because it's like it's it's really easy to understand. Like you can like not just elevator picture, you can like, read two lines of like I know what this movie is going to be. Awesome, cool, and then. Like, I think there's a tendency now uh, because everything nobody wants to be copying other stuff to kind of like, oh, well, this is a such and such take on that. And I, a lot of times I like that kind of stuff as well. Like, I, I enjoy like Knives Out, the Knives Out franchise, I guess I can say, as like a sort of like celebration and exploration of the uh, the mystery movie and whatnot. And obviously, one of my favorite movies of the year is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is completely defies expectation. But I think a lot of times there's a difference between being original and trying to be original. And like what makes this so rad as John Carpenter, a guy who made so many like a movies that are original, even his remake of the thing, which is a remake, is original. Like he doesn't try to be original, he just is. And I think that that's something yeah. you can't you can't fake the funk when it comes to that. Thank you. That's a, <laughs> you've been a lovely audience. <laughs> yes. This TED Talk was great. <laughs> Would recommend how, five stars. It's. Do you feel the, another movie I was thinking of when I was, was watching this recently for the show is I feel like this is kind of like a spiritual, there's a spiritual kinship to the Warriors. Uh, I like this movie. For sure. Better, yeah. but I think it's got the same kind of like, oh, oh New York, it's crazy. People are running around with weapons and don't go down there. <laughs> yeah maybe you can think of the warriors as a as like a prequel to escape right, before from New York. things got really really bad yeah exactly right on yeah. the cusp of just being totally fucked yeah and, but i like yeah, the idea have... oh god Andy. yeah that what leader that was going to unite new york but instead we right. you know he got killed and the duke uh just took over exactly this is speculative fan fiction but yeah i, I agree with all that <laughs> the I duke think, was I... pulling the strings the whole time Behind the scenes. No, nobody knew it. Okay. I think that uh, also, well, and, and like, so nothing with the Warriors is like, like you got like the, one of the constants throughout the film is you have the DJ, you know, like, you know, yeah. every, everybody's listening to like the, the DJ play the songs. Like she's like addressing the audience, calling them boppers, which is an all timer, obviously. Uh, so, but it's interesting. There are characters like that within Escape from New York. Like, I mean, Ernest Bornan's a character. Like, he's he's Gabby. He he knows where everything. He knows, he knows where the mines are, and he knows where the mines are. Like, because it's like he, he like gave this dude a ride, and like you know, and then like whatever they end up killing that dude, whatever. But like, but like it's him just basically being like the sort of like affable and like maybe low grade annoying if you're Snake Plissken kind of guy is actually key to like them doing the titular escape from New York. Yeah. And he also seems to know everybody somehow. That's <laughs> instant recall of like everybody he's ever been in a cab with. He's acquainted with everybody on on the island somehow. And every Broadway show too. He's he's also acquainted with those of whatever's left of Broadway. I don't even know it's Broadway anymore. But yeah, it, it's it's notable that like what's kind of seen ultimately uh, from the perspective of it being kind of like, oh, this is a guy that's just going to drag you down. It's like, no, he's 
actually vital to the completion of the mission and, and everyone living, which comes back to Carpenter's sort of natural humanism, even in like a, in like this, like, you know, post-apocalyptic adventure that, you know, like if, if, if he had just been dispatched, like how would they've gotten out? Well, I don't know. They probably would have got blown up on the, what, what did I call it? The Aaron Burr bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's important to Carpenter and therefore important uh, to the plot. And, and it's also just kind of, I mean, it's great to see Ernest Borgnine yeah, just hamming it up too. Cause that's, a, that's a yes. great and memorable role. Yeah. Which I, I uh, love the Simpsons. He was on where, um, they get lost on the raft. Oh yeah. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. But, but yeah, they get lost on the rat map uh, on a raft and, and Homer's like, look at the map going, wait, there's a new Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I also like that, like that there's a certain amount of like sort of uh, affable nihilism with Pliskin, like the whole, I don't give a fuck about your war or your president thing it's i mean this is 81 this this is like you can't go on twitter to get that kind of stuff you know like this is pretty crazy this is a mainstream film ultimately i mean it being like more of a cult classic but um heavy yeah, heavy anti-authoritarian what's that it was a bomb at the time like like uh yeah it, it, i mean like the critics liked it but the fans didn't quite find it until after it uh, came out later on yeah um, yeah this is a good video but, classic you're right but the 80s then, were like, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and like, look, anti-authoritarianism always will sell. But there's, again, a, a very specific kind of hilarious to be depicting like a, a libertarian hellscape and have it just be like, oh, no, this is actually coming from a very humanistic place. I, I think they live. We talked about this when we did They Live, too. That it's like the same sort of thing where it's like there's a certain sense of um, anti-humanistic nihilism that you could go down the road of, but this doesn't choose to do that at all. Again, like I said, like without Cabby, like they don't make it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this yet, but when the fucking, he just throws the Molotov cocktail, like really. Oh yeah. Super cash. Yeah. Just like <laughs> <laughs> average Tuesday, you know? All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's got that little window. He's perfected the little uh, hook he has got. He's like, yeah, look, when people, when people run it after you, you got to have a Molotov cocktail, you know, like yeah, he's got his whole, yeah. He's explaining the whole process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. He's, he's got a system. He also doesn't I mean, seem to realize that he wants the president back when they're in the cab in the beginning. And he's like, Oh, I'll take you to my friend. Sure. And then he's like, he's like, give me the president back. And he's like, Oh, whoa. Like, Oh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta get out of here. I can't challenge the fucking Duke. Yeah. I got a cab to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah weird dynamic with with all this and i but i like the fact that it is a complicated dynamic i think um and i think harry dean stanton's characters is key to a lot of that right like it's clear there's like a history there uh you know we never do find out what happened with fresno bob but uh <laughs> i mean that's fine to do with uh you know i i think that that's the first few minutes where you know everybody gets killed yeah I'd rather uh, not see it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not right by me. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, it's there's, there's a lot of questions about how that world operates. There's a lot of questions about how many people are left and like, you know, how does, how do people keep alive and things like that. I'm just like saying that, Fresno Bob would have forced the vote. That's all I'm saying. You know, I, I think it's I think it's better that you don't know though. I think it's better that those are just questions rather than answers. I think that makes there'd be a speaker of the house right now if there was still Fresno Bob. That's, <laughs> That's no Bob, exactly. <laughs> Fresno Bob for uh, for Senate. You know, 
Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's so yeah. So, so, so Tony, like, uh, yeah. what do you think with, um, Kurt Russell in this, like Kurt, Kurt Russell, snake Plissken? like, is he, is he like the perfect action star adventure star? Like in this. Yeah. It's pretty hard to argue with that. Honestly. I mean, and I think this was touched upon a little bit already, but not only is he like the protagonist, like uh, like super action star man, but he's an anti-hero and and everybody loves sure. loves an anti-hero. But this is like the early days of that, I feel like, you know, like Oh, it totally uh, is. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is before, you know, Wolverine is in the comics, but obviously it's it's years before uh, Yeah, Snake Plissken might be the grandfather of uh, <laughs> with the anti-hero as yeah. as we know it. That's um, I mean, you have stuff like Taxi Driver, I guess, in the '70s, but like this, uh, the the antihero status of this, right? Like the complete, um, like lack of morality that he has until the end, obviously, where he's just like, yeah, this guy doesn't give a fuck about anything. I'm gonna keep walking. But like the 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 complete uh, amorality of his, like, look, I'm just a mercenary. I'm a guy for hire. Like, if you know, if there's money in a bank, I'll rob the bank. If you know, if I think I can get money out of the U.S. government, I'll work for the U.S. government. I don't really care. I don't even care if the human race survives, including me. Like, right. I don't even. <laughs> I love care that line too, care. where he's like, he's, I love the line where he's like, uh, the survival of the human race, something you don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and it's yeah. funny you say that because now that you kind of put it that way, he actually has. Uh, some parallels uh, to Lee Van Cleef's character in The Good, The Bad, oh, and The yeah. Ugly. That's just the mercenary who just yeah. like just wants to get paid. Gots to get paid, man. Yeah, exactly. It's just like ZZ he wants to sue dollars. <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, yeah. God, I mean, it, it's great. It, it's it's crazy to me that Lee Van Cleef could be so awesome at what he does he's almost like typecast as like one thing and then kind of be f almost forgotten about by like the whole like sort of like next generation of directors and carpenter who's clearly a fan is like oh crap like, yeah let's get let's get leave and cleave yes that sounds <laughs> awesome uh and then let him you know let him do something that's different and still gets to have his like a you know very authoritative uh presence like just looking awesome yeah being imposing. he's yeah. still very menacing yeah yeah, because I know this came out right around the same time as Octagon with Chuck Norris, uh, which is a batch. How do you film. know that? What? What? what is that? <laughs> I, I watched that recently. Oh, what haven't you? What haven't Octagon. you watched recently? <laughs> <laughs> Octagon with Chuck. Oh yeah, as we all know, it came out at the same time as Octagon with Chuck Norris. No, nobody knows that but you. Maybe Chuck Norris doesn't even know that. This <laughs> no, no, no. head a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the uh, also another the other the other connection between this and our last episode, obviously, is uh, Magnificent Seven. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Of course, the, uh, the 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 first Magnificent Seven direct remake, not homage or, or rip off. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Tony Seven Samurai, the classic Kurosawa Akira Kurosawa movie that we kicked off the month and the year with. When it was released in the U.S., it was actually they released it as the Magnificent Seven, and then they ended up changing it back to Seven Samurai after they made a, a, other Magnificent Seven that they retroactively had to credit Akira Kurosawa as the writer for <laughs> after an extensive lawsuit, which is pretty fantastic. Hmm. But Levon Cleef, they could have they could have fixed it all by doing the uh, they could have called it like the Magnificent Eight or something, and then they could have gotten away with it. Probably different number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, there's had, they, well, they've had, like, they've had the, the something. There's something no swords in this one. Yeah. 
<laughs> totally different. Yeah, they're kind of hateful. It's the hateful like, yeah, that's it. Ah, god damn it. Back in the lost territory again. Everybody's war. I mean, American. Everyone's American. <laughs> I, I think they're robbing a bank. Wait. <laughs> oh, let's cut that. Uh, this movie moves along quick. Which yeah. is funny that, that I didn't realize that there was like a 10-minute bank heist that it starts with that's yeah. crazy like you don't need that and, and i think <laughs> i think uh uh the criterion channel has a slightly different cut where they actually keep a, like like five seconds of that original 10 minute intro uh and, and the five uh, seconds are call me snake and then <laughs> 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 but yeah because because i watched uh, i watched it last year on uh criterion channel and then i watched it this year okay. someplace else and and I, I remember the uh, beginning like being different enough where I'm just like, wait, is that? Uh, so, so I wonder if there's like a, 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 a two cuts of the movie now. Um, and uh, I never had a chance to look that up because I was really busy researching cut. trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was researching trucks and saucer. You were researching the octagons. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I have the, I have the Lee Van Cleef uh, fucking Wikipedia up right now. It's really, it's actually really funny that um, obviously he's in the the Magnificent Seven and that got lawsuit. The one Sergio Leone movie he's not in is A Fistful of Dollars, and that's the one that they had the other Kurosawa. Like yeah. you could have been in. The, the, <laughs> he's the, like, yeah, yeah I'm not uh, tangling uh, with this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, that Kurosawa you know, was crazy <laughs> and litigious. Uh, the this came out before uh, First Blood, the first Rambo movie. I was just thinking about that. Hmm. I just double. Oh, to make sure. yeah. So like when, which is funny because that, of course, being we'll charitably say a little more successful, people like took that as like the boilerplate for like the eighties action hero, right? Like it's always well the sequel, yes, yeah, the yes, trouble talking, brain damage, uh, you know. I mean, the first one is a little more like a seventies action film, like like you know, it's a it's a lot closer to like um. Uh, killer elite or, or um you know something that that yes. uh that that came out in the 70s um and, and i'm uh, like puck and paul would have directed um you know but what i'm saying is before they, rambo there was snake bliskin really rambo as as we know it rambo correct. as we think of as the character rambo yes well so there's been another movie next to have against a snap correction everybody Thank to, you. to to really to really i mean turn this into a i guess some kind of full circle thing right death wish existing this movie yeah. kind of being a leftist kind of take on something like death wish that challenges the systems and, and like you know rather than just being like hey let's go shoot some black people like so like a, a more well a more compassionate version as of charles it. bronson like, was known for saying yes <laughs> no but it's like you know crime and like it's a certain kind yes. of crime and it's like a right-wing yeah, fucking course. vigilante movie this is like a a, a more a more left-wing take on that i feel like sylvester stallone in like the rambo movies are more of like another right-wing take on that like so it's interesting to see that kind yeah. of uh anti-hero go full circle because the politics of it could be uh, you know, a- anywhere on that spectrum, like the Rambo films, I feel like increasingly got more that way. I, th- I think it, d- it didn't really start out that way. It started off more. Uh, oh, absolutely agree. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, like First Blood. I mean, First Blood kind of it has none of that like rah rah like pro America USA kind of rhetoric about it. I mean, actually, it's like it's like the exact opposite. Yeah, frankly. And then, and then yeah, they that grad- all came later. Yeah, it, it, it gradually got more and more uh, 
more and more nar- to the point that, like remember the one where it was like to the brave fighting soldiers of the muajin where it's like yeah yo was rambo fighting for the taliban holy shit <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy osama bin Laden, you're a cool guy i'm, I'm ready for this. like <laughs> But and, and so, but the reason I was bringing it okay, up, yo, because... imagine, imagine, uh, fucking Sylvester Stallone saying Allahu Akbar. <laughs> I, I think that is actually in the movie. <laughs> that might be in Tulsa King, for all I know, because I never watched that thing. Uh, he's a badass. Nick Plissken's a badass in this, yes. and like a definitional badass, and, and, and so much so that it was like emulated by a lot of lesser films or maybe more popular. Uh, as the third, yeah, the third program movie. That's right. Um, and, and like it's a it's a it's a bleak future, but like again, I, I agree for us. It's like there's very much coming at it from like not the like uh, the sort of wish fulfillment enraged. <laughs> 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 oh, Kyla. Enraged, you know, borderline impotent white dude shooting people kind of thing to have more of a uh, focused nihilism. Anti-authoritarian. I got got one more. We must kill the Western infidels. So right. we had a, 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 I'm not, I hesitate to bring it up unless we are tempted to do it again, Tony, but we had dueling Robin Williams at one point. I don't remember why. Uh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, what? Forrest and I did, we're doing dueling Robin Williams with everything. I don't oh, remember Jesus. why. I'm yeah, not going to start it. I'm not going to No, 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 no. I'm, I'm too low please, energy. Today. Please don't. I mean, God bless Robin Williams, but yeah, nobody's asking for that. <laughs> we're going to save it before we do Jumanji, which we are going to do later on. This okay. Week. That's so, fair. Yeah, save it up. <laughs> Save for the air. I can't believe they remade fucking Jumanji with The Rock. That's... Did because when you think I... Robin Williams, you think The Rock. Well, they're not <laughs> the same characters, and like those movies actually are, are pretty goddamn good. Frankly, they're they're very entertaining, but they're they hit completely differently, and they're they're supposed to hit completely differently. Um, but anyway, I'm not here to I'm not here to defend the modern Jumanji movies, uh, but I will if I need to. Indiana Jones is another corollary with, with Snake Plissken. Like, he's got that kind of like effortless badass kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which we're going to be covering Raiders uh, this month as well, which I think is, is interesting. But the, uh, yeah, again, I can't, I can't argue enough how effective it is that everyone just knows who Snake Plissken is. Knows him <laughs> somehow by face, even though, even in this like bombed out, like crazy Manhattan that's just like a prison. Like they don't have the internet, so I don't know how they all know what he looks like. But they they know it's him. A, they know him by rep. It's a proto. I mean, it's a proto version of uh, what they would do in Big Trouble in Little China, right? Like these uh, weird inside jokes, kind of that yeah. like that like work really well because they're kind of satirizing at the same time as being a like kind of homage almost to a certain kind of genre. Like I, I think yeah. this movie is much more um, like you know. I mean, obviously, he's not literally doing a Clint Eastwood impression running around. New York City or whatever, the same way that he's doing the John Wayne impression, but it's the same kind of like uh, idea of like you know these jokes kind of just working and like maybe we can blend that with the actual like action and you can actually see people get like ripped apart by fucking bullets, but then in the next scene they're like snake plit skin, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh... <laughs> well, I, but and, and it works because like you do see it, you you aren't just told about it, you do see it. you do see him being badass. So then it it seems earned when everyone treats him like he's badass. Because he's being badass, even when he's like 
wounded and like having a rough go of it, frankly, and like uh, not not at his peak. It's still he's still doing so in a badass way. Like again, going back to that wrestler when he like like it's when he gets him with the spiked bat. You know, there's a, that, that great kind of like, <laughs> reaction. The one, the one thing that I think is ever like uh, really effectively satirized, like these kinds of movies, uh, like but making it way more ridiculous is like it's always sunny where they do the lethal weapons ones. Like they do with the episodes where they just, uh, you know, redo Lethal Weapons movies. I feel like it works really well with that kind of disjointed, kind of um, really corny uh, dialogue itself. And and John Carpenter does that really well throughout the '80s, like that. But like without without it feeling like he's uh, kind of fucking it up with that, like <laughs> being too corny, I guess. Ron Pertie saying they all saw a Snake on Instagram. That's how they knew him. So there you go. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, he's real busy in there. He's got reels. It's everything. Yeah, yeah 1987 he, he Instagram. He hasn't updated in a week. I guess he's dead. <laughs> he's like posting on that gigantic phone that looks like a walkie-talkie with like a sword <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> <with> the thing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, guys, guys, calm down. Like, I gotta do, I gotta do an Instagram story. All right, I'm here in New York. <laughs> he's sitting there doing like T9 to put the the caption in. <laughs> Predictive text. I remember the T9. T9, everybody. T9. <laughs> wow. This episode brought to you by T9. <laughs> I would love to see that. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, T9 makes a comeback. Yeah, exactly. Well, it is. It is a dystopian future, after all, right? I mean, yes. would you I'm really so be glad. posting that much if you had the T9 all your your posts? <laughs> Probably not. Frankly. I uh, I grabbed this for Andy. This is a this is about the comic book world ah, cool. building of this. So. Before we, you know, before we do anything else, I wanted to play it. <laughs> Another of Carpenter's action heroes, the character of Snake Plissken, was also modeled on the cowboy outlaws of the West. Plissken is played by former Disney Studios child actor Kurt Russell, whom Carpenter helped to propel into the major movie league. S.D. Plissken. American, Lieutenant, Special Forces Unit, Black Blight. Two Purple Hearts, Leningrad and Siberia. Youngest man to be decorated by the President. He robbed the Federal Reserve Depository. Life sentence, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary. I'm ready to kick your ass out of the world, war hero. When he cast uh, Lee Van Cleef, uh, I just immediately thought this would be great to recall some of the movies that Van Cleef had done with... Uh, Clint Eastwood, and I immediately said, you know, I hear Clint Eastwood uh, as as uh, Snake Plissken in this kind of a movie uh, with Lee Van Cleef. Snake Plissken is the hero in Escape from New York, a film in which the frontier town of the Western has been replaced with a vision of urban violence and decay that reflects Carpenter's lifelong fascination with comic book styles. The story takes place in a futuristic authoritarian America in which Manhattan Island has been transformed into a top security prison surrounded by fences and mines. Snake is a comic book character, you know, he's grizzled and everything right down to the way he moves his face and his, 
the eye. He's a comic book character, and he's living in a comic book world. It's this, you know, everything is slightly degraded. The place is full of street trash. It's you know, larger than life punks, that sort of thing. He's a comic book character in a comic book well world. Is it does, is it's <laughs> made in exact, completely in keeping with that aesthetic. Well, Snake Plissken doesn't care. He doesn't care about hurting you or saving you. He just wants to move on. He doesn't have any concern except for himself. He has no higher cause. He has no sense of righteousness or, or a need to, to set right or wrong. You want to see him sprayed all over that map, baby? Where's the president? Swear to God, Snake, I don't know. Don't fuck with me. Why do you want to know? I want... Yeah, man. Notably hard on old Harry Dean Stanton there. But uh, yeah, he just yeah. wants to move on, you know, otherwise known as I'm walking in. <laughs> me, I me just want to know, though, sexual assault, not that big of a deal. Whatever, I'm busy because uh, I know, like, uh, I'm walking in. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, um, uh, you know, Carpenter was getting like European comics because, um, you know, his old friend, um, uh, Dan O'Bannon. Uh, you know, after Alien kind of fell apart, he 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 wrote, um, uh, or no, after Dune fell apart, he wrote that comic that that led him to Alien, um, uh, with uh, Mobius, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you know Carpenter was aware of like what was going on out of Heavy Metal, and of course, um, yeah. uh, 2000 AD with uh, Judge Dredd and and uh, uh, Slain and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh. But I, I, I also did uh, like hoping. like later on like Total Recall and stuff. I mean like yeah yeah. There's there's a lot of yeah. uh, Philip K. Dick. It, it, it same circle Philip K. Dick stuff in that style of uh, comic book and whatnot. Yeah. yeah yeah. But I was just kind of you know I, I was hoping that that uh, some of that stuff would come up like like you know John Carpenter would be like oh yeah Dan was sending me weird stuff from France and, and England. Here's a list of comic books <laughs> that I read. Yeah no I was just, just I was a curious guy about named that. J Andrew but... World that's in the that's in the audience <laughs> of this video right now. He had a lot to say about this one story about a guy showing him a tattoo. <laughs> he has some kind of podcast. He's never on topic, but <laughs> apparently, did, did you realize there's a Chuck Norris movie called The Octagon? Yeah, this guy's telling me all about it. <laughs> I've gotten 10 messages from him. I'm supposed to be working on a script. I don't think I'm ever going to finish it. <laughs> but, but no, I was just, I was just curious. You know, like... <laughs> Trying to go back to the clip, man. I'm trying to be on topic. Yeah, 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 I, know, I know. The the octagon is where uh you go in there and you're fucking stuck in there with Andy and he's getting you off topic and you have to try to like, duck and cover and get back. On. <laughs> well, but the thing about the octagon too is you have the, the Chuck Norris narration that's just he narrates it. Why? Who's looking for that? <laughs> it's it's insane. Like 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 just you don't even have to watch the full movie. Just just like the first. Oh, I won't. Like, 10 don't worry. Minutes, <laughs> the first no ten minutes until I get to the uh, to to the uh, uh, to the narration, and it's just like, what what is going on here with this narration? It's insane. It is the most insane thing about the movie, and it has like this this uh, scene that's supposed to be sexy, just where they kept intercutting um, this guy ninja training with like ninja weapons and topless. Women. Scene that's supposed to be sexy, where <laughs> Chuck Norris just fists the girl with his beard. It's just it's insane. <laughs> there's like the joke that's like uh there's other fists yeah. under chuck norris but yeah 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 no, I, I i got it that was yeah. rough i got it yeah. <laughs> that was that was expl explaining it didn't help in that case but i appreciate what you're going for 
Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, so, so Andy, was it, was it, did you get out what you wanted to say? With, I think so. Of... Yeah. I was just, okay. to, you know, curious if, if, uh, you know, I don't like, know. Cause, cause like judge dread, you know, uh, I know had a, uh, didn't come to the States until probably after escape from New York came out. If I remember my history correctly, mm. so, but you know, with, with his connection with Dan O'Bannon, Dan O'Bannon being in France, uh, in the, uh, uh, you know, in the seventies, uh, basically, uh, starting off, uh, you know, heavy metal magazine with, uh, you know, Mobius do doing the, the first initial story, uh, middle Herlant, as it was known in uh, France. Um, you know, I, I just, I was always curious about all of that. And, uh, that video did not answer that question. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you know, so, so have, you, I, uh... have you seen the kill squad? That's what Stevie wants to know. I don't know what that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a while, I think, but, but that's like a, uh, fun seventies. I assume it's film. about a squad that kills like it's in the title right like hmm. the apes escape from new york <laughs> oh, it's about a pizza place there it's a family drama no they don't actually manage to kill one person throughout the whole thing the kill squad's actually terrible at their job <laughs> that's sons of anarchy those guys are terrible at crime they're they are the worst at crime yes they're the worst at crime they're, <laughs> they're bringing crime they are. they're so inept i, I actually was watching that they're bringing motorcycles and I was watching that. Are fine that <laughs> I was watching that dumbass show, and, and I had an epiphany. I've never had this before. I was like, "This is stupid," and I'm going to stop watching this. But the <laughs> epiphany before that is like, "These guys are horrible at being criminals. Like they're just really bad at it." Anyway, thank you. Who was I talking about? Finish the show, like and I watched the spinoff. <laughs> I was we talked about oh, someone the other day that hasn't been in something for a while, and it ends up that Sons of Anarchy was what they were. I think it was on here. I don't think it was in regular life um hmm. i don't know we'll get to, we're out. gonna get we'll get to the bottom of that later on uh <laughs> what do you say everybody shall we do the letterbox one-liners for uh for escape from new york yeah yes going in sounds like a great <laughs> idea uh all right cool so uh tony i don't remember if we had did we have this bit when you were on last do you remember this at all Somewhere? no so the, the letterbox is a, it's a social media site for film lovers to kind of talk out with and to each other about the films mm -hmm. they love Films they didn't love. Everyone gets to have their say, not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world. It's a bottom-up democracy. Oh, actually, way. I'm pretty sure you, that you all did talk about this. Yeah. Well, yeah, it rings I, a bell. Anyway. Every, every week for every one of these these films, uh, we, we the royal we, Icona Neutron, the royal we, Fresno Bob here, uh, collect all of the letterbox one-liners, comb through them, try to find the best ones, because the best ones, of course, are always... Uh, expressed nicely, succinctly, classic one-liner format. Um, I kind of feel like what that's what Twitter used to be before it was just dunking on Elon and uh, Bitcoin <laughs> scambles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and these are uh, the letterbox one-liners for Escape from New York. I thought you were dead. Is how I greet all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I actually said that to uh, Tony right, right when we first logged on. <laughs> exactly, Tony <laughs> Ash. I thought you were dead. Everybody does. It's cool. <laughs> That's why you haven't been on for the past year. Right, I was dead. <laughs> exactly. It was for tax reasons. They should have made Ohio the state prison. That that. <laughs> <laughs> speechless no wait, wait wait hold on i'm not done with that i'm not done with that one. all right all right hold on we 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 had a thing we had a tour thing 
Shona, you remember this? We were, we, we were driving through Ohio and we were trying to think about what the worst state was. And I think you made a pretty strong case for Ohio. That, uh, that... I, th- I, I didn't think I really had to. I, th- I think it kind of speaks for it itself. It speaks for itself, yeah. It's, it is kind of a prison. They have Senator uh, J.D. Vance now, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. It's like um, you, you saw that meme going around going like, uh, uh, what state would you give up if Russia was invading us? Uh, that's why, that's why, uh, Zelensky Florida, shouldn't, Ohio, because Ohio's right there too. Yeah. But Ohio just seems, I mean, pretty boring, like boring as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Florida is actively harmful. <laughs> At least Florida has alligators though. But, uh, yeah, they should have made Ohio the state prison because there's a lot going on in New York city. And I don't know why you'd want that place to be your prison. Just, you know, the nightlife. Ohio doesn't have a nightlife. What are you going to go to? Toledo? <laughs> <laughs> There's a stuntman on this named Dick Warlock. Isn't yes. That, isn't that the same name as uh, the guy from fucking Left Flank Vets, one of them? Yes. Um, yes. Dick Warlock actually was Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Yes. Was he? He was. He did a lot of stunts with uh, uh, like Carpenter on various movies. Yeah, he was also like Kurt Russell's uh, stunt double in a bunch of films in the 80s. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this one. <laughs> Not just this I mean, one, though. No, but like this one, right? Yes. Okay. And other ones also like this one. <laughs> and if you see the... There's actually a picture. You can find it online. Escape um, from Chicago. Uh, Escape Dick from, Warlock. And, Escape from Las Vegas. Escape from uh, Fresno. Dick Warlock. Fresno Bob Russell. finally did, you know? Okay, fine. I won't finish saying this. No, there's a picture of Dick Warlock and Kurt Russell dressed up in the costume, and you can see how much they look alike. That's it. There you go. Was there any need to put a silencer that big on an Uzi? (laughs) What's awesome? They're not going to know anybody's uh, anybody's shooting. You know what I mean? They're like (laughs) emptying clips left and right. Really, really, really silent. I wish I were capable of giving the exact amount of fucks as Snake. You know how many fucks he gives? Do you know how? Do you know how many? None. I feel like it's not he doesn't many. give yeah. a single fuck. Not one. Not one fuck. Exactly. <laughs> this all could have been avoided if the U.S. government didn't think it was a good idea to let Air Force One fly over a closed off and escapable prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets kidnapped. He gets kidnapped, escapes, and then gets kidnapped again. That president is useless enough that he got kidnapped twice. In a, in a matter of fucking, you know, whatever. And the plane still went down, and he's like, yeah, I finally got out of here. And then he's like, nah, I'm just going to jump over the fucking prison. Do- Donald Pleasant's getting kidnapped more than Princess Peach in the Super Mario Brothers games. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> it's a me, Donald Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the accent he should have used. <laughs> it's a really terrible, stereotypical uh, Italian accent. I, I love I, I would love to just have him be like uh it's a me, the president. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to thank them all personally, but uh I'd love to give a speech. They're all dead. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. They 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 should have let the guy that plays the Mario voice though in the video games do the Chris Pratt uh like voice for the new Mario. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fire Chris Pratt and replace it with him. Or or hire Donald Pleasance. 
Donald Presence as Chris Pratt as Super Mario. <laughs> it's me, Mario. Mario. <laughs> it's got that, that very heavy English accent. <laughs> Luigi, we must rescue the princess. <laughs> I think he might need a cough drop. Bro's raspy as hell sometimes. But not, I mean, I feel like there's raspier movie characters, though. Yeah. Like, uh, fucking, was, uh, do they when, even have cough drops in the future? When, uh, in the Christopher <laughs> Nolan, when the Christopher Nolan Batman, when fucking Kristen Bale changes his voice to be Batman. Right. He's like, he's like, <laughs> you mean throw yeah, cancer that's, Batman? That's he needed a fucking tro- uh, cough drop. He's like, where do you want to kill me? Which, dude, <laughs> just do the Mario voice, and then you wouldn't have to do that. Like, you could do the, oh, it's me, Batman. <laughs> Why you, you want to kill me? <laughs> God damn it, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't I don't want to kill you. And he's like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fear that you strike into the heart of the villains. <laughs> it's a me, Batman. <laughs> Criminals are afraid of Italian bats, you know. <laughs> oh, look at that. It is the bat symbol. That means Batman's coming. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> like the mob just wants to kill him for the bad accent, not because yeah. it's like hurting their their. Uh... I'm on their side. I just, just don't put yeah. anyway. <laughs> just don't put self-activating explosives into a man's neck. You're not gonna like the result. You're not gonna like the result. Anyway, <laughs> that one should be the Mario accent. You're not gonna <laughs> like the result. Oh, don't put don't put that into my neck. You're not gonna like that. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> everything should just be happens. a Mario accent from now on. This is from New York remake, but Super Mario in the role of Snake Plissken. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't eat since lunch. Like I get like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> definitely dun, dun, what boomers dun, 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 dun. anyway definitely <laughs> that's yes that's the correct sound effect definitely what boomers think new york city is actually like p.s the score to this movie fucks yeah if you watch like fox news i feel like uh you could see like tucker carlson or somebody be like what's going on snake yeah. plitzker not dead <laughs> <laughs> crime on the streets just like uh can't even go into on fucking Broadway or whatever because you know they're just throwing rocks at your car. People are throwing Molotov cocktails, and those are the good guys. Yeah, exactly. Can't even tell a joke in a college campus. And the uh, the Duke of New York now is black, so Tucker Carlson does not like that. <laughs> Who ever heard of a black Duke? He sees he sees Eric Adams as fucking uh, the Duke from this. <laughs> wow. John Carpenter got Ernest Borgnine to throw a Molotov cocktail. Damn, I love movies. <laughs> it's a me, Molotov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> oh, I got I got the flower. I can throw the Molotov cocktail now. <laughs> Yo, that part of the movie, though, where fucking Snake, you know, got the mushroom, and then he got real big, and then he took down that giant... Yeah. Crazy classic, exactly classic, classic cinema. Anyway, those are the letterbox one liners for <laughs> Escape from New York. Please follow the show, 
uh, on Letterboxd. That is uh, your host, JB Snake Pritzker over there. Also um, Denzel Washington. Also, also Denzel Washington <laughs> from Book of Eli. So sending all kinds of mixed messages. But he sounds like Super Mario. It's crazy. He's a man of many talents. Uh, follow the show. The show is a man of a few talents. Uh, follow the show, Movement Extravaganza. That's for, your host, Forrest, over there. I am the uh, ras raspy bruh Neutron, uh, <laughs> aka Fresno Bob. And uh, I am on Letterboxd as well, doing uh, high, mid, low brow, anything in between. Uh, Criterion Challenge. Follow me along if you want to uh, participate in that as well. Just like J. Andrew, Duke of the World, has uh, watching all of the weirdest stuff so you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. I don't know. Who am I to judge? It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not for me to say. It's not. It's not for me to say. Uh, Tony Ash, I'm going to call you Snake, but I'm not going to call you a letterboxed user. We're going to do final thoughts in a minute, but first, J. Andrew Duke of the World, please take us away with the plugs. All right, you're watching us on YouTube, so please do those YouTube things: like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell, and a big ask. Watch the video to the end. You get to hear that uh, great Conan Neutron song. Um, so, so you know, you got bonus there. Uh, when you do that, uh, find us on other social medias too. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Jay Andrew World in my cab, <laughs> and we do have a Twitter community where we can all tweet in a Mario accent. That's again. <laughs> I feel like that's... Every uh, every hour, every hour at the top of the hour, it's a me. <laughs> do they is there a mario bot that just just, just does that because that'd be yeah, great. definitely they, is because they probably, have the um oh god i was just gonna say if, if there was i I'd try to figure out how to get it into the uh into the community just oh, I so you say, I'd, I'd figure out how to get it onto the show <laughs> like oh, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 definitely that's it I'm, I'm not gonna go there uh there is the bot by that the way just... why didn't uh why didn't fucking um snake pliskin just use the pipes to get out of new york city he could have just gone dum, 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 and then he would have popped up oh yeah he should, should have hit a warp sound bro. <laughs> but that's where the crazies are yeah <laughs> you have to fight through the crazies and that's 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 rough one of the things i'm gonna miss about twitter is there is a twitter bot that just does jack burton quotes from uh big show and little shine yeah I, th good. I thought I thought you were about to say one thing I would miss about the show. I thought you were gonna quit. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the, this is the one that puts me over, right? Exactly. It's like, like so, camel's back. I quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Dun 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 I what feed myself way? with the Patreon. So give him money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, moving down to track hands is on Patreon. If, if you like comedic content like this and you yeah. want more of it, Lord help yeah, you. Yeah, you can get our live show. Uh, you can get our um, uh, after parties, which is just this. It's he's not wrong. People it really is. It's it's yeah. if you're like, I like this show, but which which it was even crazier and more off topic. Well, have I got well, an answer for you? Good news. Yes. <laughs> Product for you. Remember. Yeah. Conan, uh, you know, I know, I know Tony's also uh, has his music on uh, Neutron Friends on Bandcamp.com. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Tony is on. Uh, so yeah. I don't have any of them nearby, but yeah, there's uh we got a bunch of stuff. Dangerous. There's no some records. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
We we got it. Action Chief too. Tony's in Action Chief also. Oh yes. yes. Which I forget I sometimes. Quite sure about that. I forget about that all the time. <laughs> 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 hashtag never forget Action Chief. Hashtag, hashtag just the solos. Just the solos. Just the solos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yes>. <laughs> solos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's the fact that did you ever see like the uh the this was it the Super Mario Brothers Happy Power with Captain Lou Albano as as, as Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See this? yeah. And they had like the Mario cartoons, and like it would do the thing where like he would give a message or something and it would like move the bubble would move just like when Forrest speaks. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's the funniest part. <laughs> that's why I, sometimes I like to put it on as a uh, as like a discombobulated fucking audio avatar for that reason because if you find the right thing it's bad funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Anyway, oh, yeah, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com, yeah. actionchief.bandcamp.com. Tony's got, uh, there's there's a Cheap Sleaze uh, Bandcamp as well. Uh, uh, Cheapsleaze.bandcamp.com, yeah. 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 All right, and, and uh, Protonic Reversal this week. Uh, I know you were yeah, uh, just really had um, Mr. Mario Lolly, godfather of the desert rock scene. Yahoo! Um, <laughs> member of uh, Fatso Jetson, uh, Rubber Snake Charmers, uh, Desert Sessions, told, told a great story about the song Millionaire by Queens of Stone Age, which is a band that he uh, played in uh, for, for a few tours and is pretty much Josh Ami's like older brother figure uh, within desert music. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty great episode, if I do say so myself. And if you're into that kind of thing remotely, he's a natural rock on tour and a very interesting, very humble dude. Excellent. Excellent. And if you're not, don't listen to it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably should listen to it because because really Well you probably should, but I mean what am yeah. who am I to tell you what to do? <laughs> I, I know Christina's not here, but I did want to just shout out her uh coffee. Um, you know, go to Kofi Anon uh, talk <laughs> Whatever it is. Hey Tony, this 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 thing it's like coffee. a Patreon thing that, that they use on Twitch and it's like K-O-F-I like coffee, like buy me a coffee, right? But, I, but I've been doing this I don't even know if it's a bit anymore, but it's just like I just say it's, oh, it's like go to kofianon.net because <laughs> it's Kofi all I can Anon. think of when I Co see it. Cody 2012. Uh, uh, yeah, well, Christina's someday she'll be back, be back on this uh, show. When's when she gonna be back on this show? She's coming. She's back gonna be show, back right? on the show Tuesday, I guess. Um, Make sure she doesn't watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we said some things. <laughs> but but yeah, she's gonna be on Tuesday. Good. Yeah, but she's yeah, she's got her own Twitch channel, and uh, yeah, you can go to kofianon.net. She's streaming on right her, now, I think. Buyer Coney twenty twelve. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think we talked a little bit about Tony's uh, Bandcamp, right? It's yeah. a Coliseum, which is hilarious uh, in, in the intro, but uh, that is ancient history. But uh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I went on, I, I don't know, I was doing the thing last night, and I that's fine, that's fine. I didn't send you anything, it's it's it's, it's fine, but yeah, Tony literally, is literally, uh, literally when you click on Tony Ash, like on Google or whatever, and it's like you know, like there's always like a little bio, it's like uh, you know, Conan Neutral, the secret friends first, and then 
uh, Coliseum. It's like that's the pretty well-known the, band. The front so. line to it. But it yeah, Tony. Tony is back in Louisville, and uh, true. Yeah, Louisville is is much the richer for it. Um, anything got anything coming up, Tony? That I don't know about. I probably don't. <laughs> uh, that you don't know about? No. Yeah. <laughs> pretty. I think anything I have coming up, we're most most of which we can't talk about but you know, right which is which is great for this segment oh yeah there's something great coming up but we can't talk about it yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. i'd like to i'd like to plug uh secrets nice. <laughs> right we just like the concept of secrecy really <laughs> yes shout out to we the cia really, really um, enjoy it we named the band after it we liked it yes. so much yes that's, that's true that's how much we like it true facts <laughs> Secret, uh, secret friends. Yeah, called, if there's anything else you want, what to they called uh, CIA assets in the in the '60s. They're like, you're one of our uh, secret friends. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Andy, you're you're doing uh, stuff with uh, Jay Miles and the boys. Yeah, yeah, up, Jason, right? yeah. In New York, uh, the 22nd, uh, you can catch me, Jason Miles, Ben Burgess, um, Sam Cedar, uh, probably uh, uh, Emma Viglin. Um, David, me Briscoe. in the audience, <laughs> yeah, force in the audience, doing really distracting Super Mario impersonations the entire time you're talking. Every, every time you guys like say heckle. something, Yahoo, <laughs> <laughs> no, just heckling as, as Mario, <laughs> it's a me. Who the fuck said that? It's a me. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> where's that like the, it's like the murder room or something where what's it what's it uh, the cutting the room the cutting room it's it's uh <laughs> right right at uh uh just just off of broadway right right in the shadow of the empire state building uh king kong fell there once it's great um they they, they, they made hot dogs out of king Kong for weeks um I don't know. I don't have anything. Are you doing a bit right uh, now? Is that what's happening? What am I doing a bit? I got to figure out how to use this, but I am going to front load this with Super Mario sounds. <laughs> <laughs> we can just mine them from the show. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And not that clip of Conan I suggested. I see. Got it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's coming up. Tickets are available. Um should be great. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you'll, you'll get to see me. Are you going to be there stage. exclusively to there to speak about Chuck Norris movies or are you going to be there for other reasons? I, you know what? I don't even know what I, what they're doing, what they're doing with me. So, so I might actually right. be just up there to talk, talk about Chuck Norris movies. So the thing about um, the Octagon is, yeah. <laughs> yeah that One time I met this dude at a Comic-Con who was like, you want to see my tattoo of a snake? R.I.P. to a king. <laughs> I like the, the epiphany of like, oh, we better go in the bathroom for that. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. Probably not good idea to not publicly expose yourself where presumably children were around. I don't know. It's a comic con. Yeah. I would I hope so. Yeah, I, I know. The funny thing is, is uh, um, wait, Andy, uh, I gotta, I gotta do my fake soundboard. No, oh, they're smoking the pot. Up, 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 up. <laughs> <laughs> from from the Halloween, that was from the Halloween episode, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, when you announced that you're going to run for uh, Congress I, in Hatfield, I, yeah. I, I, I did. Tony, I announced my candidacy as uh, the congressman from Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, 
It's pretty good. Classic bit. <laughs> I my, I think I think in the top five favorite bits we've ever done is the fucking one that I put the part of the clip in in the intro where it's like uh two dudes at a fucking John Carpenter show and he drops the Halloween theme. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's my shit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting super stoked when Halloween theme music starts played. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Is that it, Andy? Oh, I think so. I have no clue at this point. Probably. <laughs> um yeah, because I think everything else is uh, broken, Andy. Up. Yeah, finally I, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Uh, <laughs> what room am I in? You're like Chuck Norris in the octagon after he got hit in the head, I assume. <laughs> By the way, we've already know. gone longer than the actual movie is talking about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, final thoughts. Tony, I want to hear some final thoughts. Uh, anything we didn't bring up? I can't imagine because it's been longer than the actual movie is, so. <laughs> well, we spent a lot of time doing uh, Mario voices, True. <laughs> what, uh, which I'm not mad about because it was thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> I hope the, hopefully the audience finds it to be so as well. I, I laughed so hard that I cried. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, okay. okay. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, final thoughts. The only final thought that I have was kind of covered right up front, which is just, it's such a good kind of comfort food type of movie. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know what you're getting and it, and, and like, it's a fun ride and it's well-made and it's just fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a cool funny, movie. it's a funny uh, comfort food movie though, because like the, like if you explain it, you're like, well, the president gets kidnapped. Everybody's in the prison. <laughs> there's no, there's no laws in the society anymore. You know what I mean? They're just like, yeah. you know, sick day movie, the movie that yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just vibing yeah. out. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that soothes my soul, right past man. sexual assault and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, the, that's probably the one jarring thing in this film. This is a very, uh, as much as there's like explosions and people getting killed and uh, whatever, like it, it is very, I, I can 100% resonate with that. It's very much a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> dudes vibing in prison. The, uh, the, the now that's what prison. I call dudes vibing. Yes. Besides Shawshank <laughs> Redemption, the best uh, prison vibe movie. <laughs> uh, Conan, let's uh, let's hear some final thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I You know, this film is... I, I, I categorize it as second-tier Carpenter, which is no shade. It's just that... Um, his first tier is, you know, some of the best films ever made as far as I'm concerned. So I don't consider that to be an insult at all. Uh, music in this, uh, absolutely astounding. Uh, incredibly influential. Uh, Snake Plissken as the antihero, uh, you know, the 80s. Wait, especially. which other movies do you consider to be in the second tier with? Uh, oh, yeah, to go put me on the spot on this one, huh? Um, I think. I didn't know that you had like a list, that, you know. Yeah, I, th I think I could. I could easily come up with a list, but I, it's not. I was. I don't have these written down, so I, I was, I was thinking of. The All right, we put that. Anyway. We put that in the uh, in the uh, what do you call it in the fucking Twitter community. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there's stuff like I mean, the only ones I don't really like. I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, vampires. I don't think that one's very good. Um, but I think like you know, first tier you have like your Halloween, you have the thing um you have uh things along those lines and then you have something like escape from new york which is very very good and what i call a very watchable movie so a movie that like again a vibe movie a sick day movie whatever yeah you just throw it on and just and just kind of hang with it which uh, is its part, own craft i mean you know in the absolutely 100 yeah. yes uh the 
big thing with this too, you know, sack cast, we talked about that. But yeah, like this is definitionally one of the first anti-hero movies. And that is what, what I was going to say is that that like, ended up defining 80s filmmaking in a lot of ways. And even though this movie itself was not huge hit, it is incredibly influential for a lot of reasons. And, you know, honestly, like pretty entertaining movie that has maybe one of the best concepts. Like, you know, if you're going to be into it from like this, the first sentence of like reading about this movie. This version of it, not the original. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm not at the bank. <laughs> but like, I mean, you know, like what, what, what is, okay. I'm going to read it to you. In 1997, the Island of Manhattan has been walled off and turned into a giant maximum security prison within which the country's worst criminals are left to form their own anarchic society. However, when the president of the United States crash lands on the Island, the authorities turn to a former soldier and current convict to rescue them. Yep. And I can't imagine it starting any other way or with the, you know, the, the, shot of the prison i don't know how they could have started it with like the bank robbery like it doesn't whatever i, I mean i luckily came to a census on that but uh yeah. yeah and they live would be in the top tier too as well uh but andy final thoughts yeah th this movie is great because without this we wouldn't have uh so much media that i constantly am consuming uh like for example the dmz which uh, i know is uh being turned into a uh prestige tv show uh you know like like Seriously, the whole concept is uh, America's Civil War and uh, Manhattan's the DMZ. Um, is that based off a comic or a book yeah, yeah. series? Or? Yeah, it's a great comic book series. Uh, it's about a journalist who's like goes into the DMZ, kind of meets the people there. It, it's uh, basically huge Escape from New York vibes. Artwork's gorgeous. Um, but but like it, it's instead of like, uh, you know, treating everybody because everybody's supposed to be the worst, the worst in the movie, um, except mm -hmm. for for some reason, you know, uh, uh, it, it really humanizes the people that are trapped in war. And it's it's more of a thing about uh, what's going on in um, Afghanistan and Iraq that, than it uh, was about, um, you know, trying to knock off uh, Escape from New York. But but it's a, it's a great series. And without this movie, I don't think we'd have it. All right. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, we'll be back Tuesday. I just want to say, I escape from New York. It's me. Uh -huh.